Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Good morning, Birdland. I'm Mark Brown. Actually, it's once again not a very good morning here on October the 9th, 2023, with the Orioles now standing one loss away from being swept out of the postseason after they played another demoralizing game on Sunday afternoon, losing Game 2 of their series to the Rangers 11-8. to A real one-two punch to the guts in the two Baltimore home games in the series. One with almost no hitting by the Orioles, and the other with almost no pitching. So they had uh, really the two ways that you can fail in a game separately over two days. And all of this is very cruel to anyone who got their hopes up. I mean, there was a lot of it around Baltimore, the Birdland uh, area generally over the week leading up to this series. And why shouldn't there have been? The Orioles won 101 games in the regular season. It was their greatest regular season since 1979. Of course, they were so obviously going to go on and win the World Series for Brooks Robinson. But 45,000 people filled the stadium Saturday and 45,000 more perhaps some of the same people, to be fair, filled it Sunday, trying to will the team into success. It didn't matter. Hopes were stomped on as sure as Austin Hayes stomped on that beach ball in Boston. It's really painful to see something you believe in going up in flames. The Orioles, I think, were, and even in their misfortune so far this postseason, still are a dangerous team that can have a variety of ways to succeed and beat other good teams. It's almost as frustrating, though, as the Orioles blowing these two games is the people, media and fans both, who are jumping on what's happened in these two games to say whatever pet complaint they want to make about the Orioles. I think that's like media or other teams' fans 
going around saying stuff like, oh, the Orioles were lucky to win 101 games, lucky to win the AL East. And then you've got Orioles fans of a certain stripe complaining about players who have, to be fair, been underperforming over the course of these two games, even though they were inarguably a crucial part of the team getting as far as they did. I think maybe the most frustrating to me are people complaining about Grayson Rodriguez and coming in with all kinds of psychoanalysis about, oh, he's just not up to playing in the big game. He's not ready for primetime, needs more experience, whatever. I think that stuff is nonsense. However, it is true that he played poorly on Sunday, and that was a bummer. But if you want to go farther than beyond that, I mean, come on, give me a break. But I get it because it doesn't feel good with the Orioles in an 0-2 hole in a best-of-five series. I mean, the Orioles did in the regular season have this kind of thing happen a fair amount, and the Orioles, they bounced back from a lot of tough streaks to continue going on to win a lot of games. Obviously, that's how you get 101 wins and 61 losses, you know? Um, But the basic problem for the Orioles now, of course, is it's not the regular season. They don't have two more months or even two more weeks to rebound. They have to do it tomorrow, and then if they do it tomorrow, they have to do it again the next day, and then if they do it on Wednesday, they got to do it again on Friday. And if they don't run that table, that's it. That's the end of the 2023 Orioles season. They don't get to refine their footing in another week. If they don't do it, then they'll be off doing whatever it is baseball players do over the course of the offseason. And I mean, a comeback, it's not an impossible scenario. All time, according to the Elias Stats Bureau, which I saw on Twitter, MLB teams that have fallen behind 0-2 in a best-of-five series are 10-78 and 78 in those series. Those are not good odds. You don't want to have to bet your continued existence on Earth on a uh, 10 out of 88 chance, but they do exist. If the Orioles play their best baseball with their backs against the wall, they could do it, even if it's Dean Kramer or Kyle Gibson in games three and four. As of this recording, I've not seen which is these guys it's going to be for Game 3. I mean, where you are in believing this might happen probably depends on where you are on the stages of grief for the 2023 Orioles after the uh, the first two games that they lost here in Baltimore. I've already moved on to acceptance, as you can probably imagine. It's like, well, okay, maybe next year. If you're still in, like, anger or bargaining, I can't understand that. If you're still in denial, then this probably isn't your podcast. So, like, let's talk about game two, right? It sucked. The Orioles needed Rodriguez to come up big, and he didn't. I don't assign any psychological trait to him because of this, but the results are what they are. He was not good. He was so bad that his failure was essentially not something that the Orioles or any other team in the Orioles' shoes could be able to plan Uh, an alternative to what happens if Grayson Rodriguez fails early in the game. Even it's not like, Oh, he melted down in the fifth inning. I mean, he didn't even finish the second, like with Rodriguez clearly looking like the first half version of himself, too many walks, inability to put guys away with two strikes. Like you couldn't leave him in the game any longer. You, even if you don't trust the bullpen, which of course, as we saw from what subsequently happened, they shouldn't have. You can't leave him in when he's just getting shelled or not even shelled, but just erratic and giving up runs in all sorts of different ways. There there was really no way to leave him in the game 
any longer when you're already one game down in the series. You're quote-unquote only down by three runs. It's not yet a hopeless cause, but it did set up what I think was a cascading failure because, I mean, if your starter comes out in the second inning, who's even pitching the third inning of a game that you're already losing by three runs? Well, as it turned out, the Orioles chose Brian Baker. Baker, as you may know if you've listened to this show, was not my favorite Orioles reliever or second favorite or third favorite, etc., even before yesterday's performance, mostly because of how terrible he was this season when he came into innings with men already on base. But the Orioles yesterday lined him up, used him in what is the ideal situation for him. It was a fresh inning he came into, nobody on base. All he had to do was just get outs, and he evaporated. Of course, he walked the bases loaded, which then necessitated another move. In that case, for Jacob Webb, who we'd already seen give up a home run to a right-handed batter on Saturday, Webb came in facing right-handed Mitch Garver, gave up a grand slam, which put the Orioles in the ridiculous and deflating 9-2 hole in the game. All the more frustrating that they later went on to score eight runs in the game. So if they'd only stunk a little bit less pitching, the eight runs of offense might have mattered. And like about Rodriguez or about Cedric Mullins or Adley Rutschman or some other Orioles who've maybe yet to make their positive mark on this series and maybe never will if they get swept out on Tuesday and those guys, uh, Mullins and Rutschman, continue to go like 0 for 4 or 1 for 5 and, and don't really do much of anything. Like, you know, I'm not going to scream for their replacement, but, you know, when it comes to ultimately replaceable fringe relievers like Baker and Webb, uh, I will just say that I hope that Mike Elias decides to assemble a bullpen next year that's not just made of cast-offs, waiver-wire guys, cash considerations, acquisitions, because it does turn out not every waiver claim has a future in a playoff team's bullpen. And, you know, in, in some ways, at least one of those guys I don't think would have been on the roster at all, if not for Felix Bautista getting hurt. That itself is a cascading problem that the Orioles, you know, couldn't have foreseen so much, and that only cropped up late in August. It's not like they could try and address that at the deadline, but I, you know, it would have been nice, I think, if they had gotten another reliever in July, other than Shintaro Fujinami, who, of course, did not make this postseason roster uh, as injury insurance or ineffectiveness insurance, and, you know, they didn't do it. I don't think that's exactly why they're in the O2 hole here, but it would have helped them maybe have a more comfortable August and September, and maybe it would have helped them a little bit on the margins in this division series. There were some people out there who wanted to see Jack Flaherty in the third inning instead of Baker and then Webb, and people were critical of Brandon Hyde for not bringing in Flaherty. I do think that's maybe the strangest decision that Hyde has made in these two games. Like, why is Flaherty on the roster if not for the exact scenario that unfolded on Sunday where you had a starting pitcher with a very early disaster or maybe he got hurt early and you really just need length to get you through to hopefully not have too bad of a deficit um, to come back and you know then you can start having higher leverage relievers come to try and keep it closer in later innings. Like Even if you're not super confident in Flaherty, which I certainly am not, are you really more confident in Baker than Flaherty? I mean, I don't have a problem that Baker was on the roster instead of Mike Bauman or Fujinami. 
Because honestly, either one of those other guys, as far as anyone could have foreseen when setting the playoff roster, could have come in and had about the same chance as doing the exact same thing as Brian Baker did on Sunday. It's just, it was Baker who made the roster and then Baker who had like the really like ultimate disaster. Like again, I even for me with low expectations for Brian Baker, I was stunned by his walk the bases loaded routine. Like, come on, what the heck? Get out of here, man. I don't want to see you anymore once you have so ignominiously failed in the postseason. And I don't know. That's a question for the offseason, how Mike Elias is going to manage the 40-man roster, manage uh, thinking about next year's bullpen. I don't know. We'll uh, we'll worry about that in a later episode. But anyway, Flaherty himself managed to walk three guys in the two innings he pitched, and he gave up a run as well. So it's not like he was the guaranteed perfect answer either. I, at least for Flaherty, I guess, since the Orioles' offense did end up doing pretty well against uh, his former Cardinals teammate Jordan Montgomery. They scored five runs off of Montgomery. That did spare us all the people wailing and gnashing their teeth over, but why didn't the Orioles trade for Jordan Montgomery instead? Angle of commentary on the game. I am glad for that. Uh, if we cannot get an Orioles win, at least we can stave off some of the more annoying Orioles uh, meta commentary that comes along. But I, hopefully if you just listen to this podcast, you don't get exposed to that as much. I unfortunately get some more annoying people who occasionally uh, surface in the comments on my website, camdenchat.com, or who find their way into my Twitter timeline. But anyway, you know, like for the reliever situation, like when it comes to looking at relievers, one of my basic philosophies is like, you know, you can have a ninth inning guy, your closer, you can have an eighth inning guy, your setup man. That's good. It starts getting increasingly sketchy once you start talking about guys who have the earlier innings, like when you're like, oh, well, you know, we need to have this guy as the seventh inning guy because, you know, he's your third best guy who is already, you know, not as good as your first two guys. So unless you've really, really, really got a good guy, you're increasingly getting sketchier and sketchier. And again, even more so if you're starting to be like, oh, well, you know, who's going to be the sixth inning guy? And ultimately, for me, that is why I don't necessarily like the modern trend of, um, you know, that worry about the times through the order penalty, bounce the starter after five innings, even if his pitch count is slow, because I think in the, in the aggregate, the more you rely on your sixth inning guy, having a sixth inning guy at all, the worse it gets. But like when you need a third inning guy, as the Orioles did on Sunday, well, you know, here we are. It didn't go very well. And here we are. The Orioles, it's part of the reason they are now in an 0-2 hole. I will be right back after a message from a Fans First Sports Network sponsor. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus and i just want to tell you i am sad about the orioles right now i didn't have my hopes up very high for this series as i said you know on camden chat i predicted that the rangers were going to win in four games i was really concerned the orioles offense was just not going to be able to revive itself from whatever was plaguing it at the end of the regular season. And, you know, that is exactly what played out in game one, especially against a series of subpar pitchers. They got a really strong bite against the Rangers bullpen and they just couldn't couldn't make it happen. Game two, it was an entirely different crushing blow. Um, I said on this show, you know, in response to a reader a number of episodes ago now, as far as what I think would count for a successful season once the Orioles had gotten as far as they did already. And I said, you know what? I want to see them win one postseason round, just advance one round. I still feel that way. It's not that it will be unsuccessful if the Orioles lose this division series, but it will feel to me like they wasted an opportunity because whatever went into it, 101 win seasons, they don't come around often. Teams, I think, future Orioles teams that are probably on paper, quote unquote, better, teams that have more exciting prospects arriving onto the roster as opposed to some free agent fill-ins like Adam Frazier, or maybe even prospects starting to supplant guys who were holdover from even the pre-collapse days like Austin Hayes and Anthony Santander. Like, I think, I do think the Orioles will assemble more talented rosters in like 2024 through 2026, or they should have a strong potential to have better rosters uh, go into a season. And still, those teams will have a hard time topping what we saw this year, the 101 wins. I think future Orioles seasons might not have the Yankees and Red Sox being such dysfunctional messes. Um, Again, I mean, the Yankees, although they are perceived as dysfunctional, like they didn't even have a losing season. Annoyingly to me, I want them to have a losing season just on general principle because I hate the freaking Yankees. They keep coming close and they just can't do it. You know, even in uh, whatever it was, the um, whatever season where they traded away Eraldis Chapman, I guess that was 2016, and they got back Gleyber Torres and then they still re-signed Eraldis Chapman. They still went 84 and 78 in that season. They 
they gave up and still finished above 500. It's it's very annoying to me, of course, as someone who suffered through the Orioles' consecutive losing streak season. Like, I just want the Yankees to have one. Okay, excuse me, getting off that soapbox. But, like, also, you know, the Rays are not necessarily going to battle as many injuries to their own quality team in the future. The Orioles might deal with more severe injury problems than they dealt with over the course of this season. They were pretty lucky overall. I think the worst was probably... Cedric Mullins um, in terms of games missed. And then, you know, Felix Bautista getting hurt after five months was another problem. Um, you know, that that was about it. I guess Ryan Mountcastle's vertigo thing really, uh, you know, hurt him. And when he came back, he was better. But like, you know, they, they didn't have the kind of bad luck the Rays had with injuries. That's That's true. And some year it might be the Orioles who have that many injuries. And that could crush what, you know, is going to be one of these seasons we're really hoping for. Um, I do think a 100 win regular 101 win regular season, that is its own kind of success. The fact that it has come at what feels like the beginning of the success cycle for the Orioles is a definite plus. I'm certainly not going to be a Yankees fan who comes into every season feeling entitled to world series or bust. You can have a good year. You can have a very good year and not win at all. I think certainly with the distance of, time to kind of get over the disappointment of losing these seasons. I think 2012 and 2014 Orioles, those were absolutely great years. They were fun years to be an Orioles fan. I think those were great Orioles teams, and those guys are not diminished by the fact that they ultimately lost in the playoffs. 2016 Orioles, you know, that's a little tougher. Obviously, the particular one-game postseason loss they suffered was... Um, it, it was notably painful. I think also the 2016 Orioles ended up underachieving by virtue of having a horrible starting rotation for the most part that was entirely foreseeable and that the front office did not do anything to address. The, you know, the 2023 Orioles, although, I mean, obviously Rodriguez stunk here in game two, but that's not why they failed. You know, that's not why they had problems this season. I was really worried about the rotation and they were good enough. And that is good, but it's like, it would be nice for the Orioles to win the World Series. As I have said at the top of every episode, until I've started branching out and saying different things, I've been waiting my entire life for the Orioles to win the World Series. You know, when I see other teams win it, it always seems like it would be fun when teams have broken their long streaks without, like uh, the White Sox in, what was it, 2005 or um, whatever year, uh, the Red Sox in 2004, you know, the Cubs in 2016, like it looks like a lot of fun to have your favorite team win the World Series. I just want to get to experience that, you know, but I haven't haven't gotten to do it yet. And uh, at the moment, it's not looking too likely for this year. I feel really bad for people who really got themselves believing in this. It's it's really cruel when hopes get crushed. Um, of course, the, the 2014 American League Championship Series is a big reason on my psyche why I don't get my hopes up that much. Probably it's something just temperamentally about me. It's easier to manage disappointment if I'm kind of mentally stealing myself for it ahead of time. Um, you know, I, I do enjoy the good things when they happen. It was a fun, uh, eh, you know, 45 minutes before game one, all the ambiance and atmosphere and whatnot. Uh, you know, it was fun for a couple innings until the Rangers took the lead. For people who were there in game two, I'm sure it was fun when the Orioles had a 2-0 lead uh, for the five or so minutes that lasted. 
Enjoy all the fun while you can, because, you know, no joy in life is guaranteed. The mailbag is empty for tonight. You can start getting topics in for the off-season, and uh, those topics and questions will be loaded up in the queue if you mail them to camdencastpod at gmail.com. Thank you to everyone who has written in over the course of this season. That is all that I've got for today. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe on your favorite platform and tell an Orioles fan you know about the show. I will be recording an episode for the next day after each postseason game played by the Orioles this year, so I will be back with you next on Wednesday morning, hopefully not for the final time for the 2023 Orioles season. I gotta say, when I uh, set myself to the commitment of doing an episode after every Orioles postseason game, I was envisioning it would be a little bit happier than these last two episodes have been. So, you know, even I can get my hopes up sometimes and look where it got me. No, but, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. I have not figured out what the podcast will look like over the offseason yet. Hopefully the Orioles will not make me think about it uh, as soon as Wednesday morning. Good Morning Birdland is a Camden Cast production on the Fans First Sports Network. Until next time, go O's.